Happy Easter. Happy Ramadan. Happy Passover to you. Uh, welcome into Sports Wrap. Uh, we got a lot to do tonight, uh, and, and we're kicking off the show uh, with Jordan Spieth winning the RBC down at Hilton Head. Um, and, and we'll talk about this a little more as we as we go on. I, I'm happy to see Jordan win this tournament. I, I'm a big Spieth guy. Um, and, and the way that he has played over the last, well, uh, Eric Dorch on the board, uh, he's, he's really one of the best putters in pro golf. Um, he's had just an abysmal run of putting the golf ball over the last couple of weeks. So for him to force this thing, get into a playoff, uh, and there are a couple of holes this week that I know he wanted back, uh, just from a putting perspective, he missed a couple five footers. Um, so to see him win this, I think it's. I, I'm a big speed guy, so I'm really happy to see him win this thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shane Lowry looked good. Um, and, and, you know, even Harold Varner looked like he was going to make some serious moves today, too. Um, it didn't end up happening. Uh, and it, Spieth and, and Cantley in a playoff, and, and Spieth wins this thing off. A really beautiful chip uh, out of the, the greenside bunker on 18, put about an inch and a half away from the hole, and he wins this thing. Um, I, I want to start, though, today uh, with it being a holy holiday. Uh, it was also a football Sunday. And... Uh, the good news is the Lions couldn't lose. So huge uh, win and notch in the in the Detroit football column. Uh, but the Panthers did lose in the USFL. It was their debut uh, down in Alabama. And they lose it 17-12. to uh, Shea Patterson, as you'll remember, uh, was the number one overall pick by the Panthers in the USFL draft, former Michigan quarterback. And... Um, he didn't look very good today. He had some some moments where I think he looked like a competent quarterback, and then there were some moments that he looked really bad. Jace, I know you were you had this thing on, and and they were down seventeen to nothing at the half. Mind you, that's a two score lead in the USFL because you can go for you score your touchdown at six points. You can go for a one point, a field goal. You can go for a two points, but then you can also go for three points. And so 17 to nothing hole at the half, the Panthers had an opportunity and they, they did, they, they crawled their way back in, but it was the last ditch effort. Um, it was a, a, a hail Mary effort of, of sorts for the Panthers. Shea Patterson threw the ball up. Um, and I don't remember who the receiver was. Forgive me. We're not going to break I'm down. Be, USFL. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> okay. going to be bad. I'm going to be bad with names. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we're not breaking down the USFL player by player on the roster. Uh, so one of the wide receivers bobbled the ball, caught it, but he only had one foot down, and uh, so it was a no touchdown. But then there was a chop block anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, so Panthers come up short. What What have you? What has your impression been on the USFL so far? Because it started what last night? Started last um, night, and and Panthers played today. It's an interesting model. Fox and and NBC have kind of teamed up for this thing. Yeah. Uh, so you've got kind of uh, the the guys in the booth from both networks, um, which has kind of been fun to to see the the crossover between the talent. Um, and 
I, I look, I, here's where I think the USFL has to understand what they got to understand. They got to understand their place. The NFL is king. You will not unseat the NFL. But if you if you position yourself to be, uh, you know, kind of the appetizer before the NFL gets started, if you position yourself to be, look, we're going to be a competitive league. We're going to be a fun league to watch. We've got some wacky rules, you know, the, the, the three-point, extra point. Um, but if you if they know their place, if they understand that, then I think that there's they can have some success. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was last night's game was entertaining. 28-24, I believe, yeah. Birmingham. I can't remember who they played. Uh, pretty nice crowd last night, too. Uh, they had pretty much the whole lower bowl was, was full. Mm-hmm. The game today was very eerily similar to what we experienced two years ago in stadiums across America where there was barely anybody in the seats. But you're right. As long as they just realized, you know, who they are, um, they've got a great TV deal. I'll tell you that. So yep. it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, people too, we don't know what the ratings are yet for these games, but it'll right. be interesting. It's always interesting to see with these leagues week two, week three, week four, yep. you know, uh, Dort, you catch any of this, uh, over the last couple of days or the Panthers today? Uh, I did. I caught the first half of the Panthers game today. Uh, they had the, the game from yesterday on before because of weather delay. Uh, they yep. were playing New Jersey. And uh, I, I was thinking about it as you guys were talking. Never has there been a play that I think has been more representative of how a, a game started than the very first play for the Panthers was a fumble where Shea yep. Patterson had to recover it. And I was like, that's not the start you want to get going. And he just yeah. never really recovered from there. It was a lot of scrambling. He tried to make stuff happen, but it just it, it looked like they weren't 100% ready to go in that first game. Very reminiscent of his days in Ann Arbor. Very reminiscent of his time at Ole Miss. Uh, so, uh, look, that's just kind of who Shea Patterson is. Um, but look, I, 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 for me, it, look, and this is where I think a lot of these these startup leagues are going to have trouble. Um, certainly, the XFL uh, and and the USFL, and we were trying to figure it out. Eric, maybe you can remember what was that other league that started in the pandemic. Um, and and it fizzled out. I don't. They didn't even play a season, right? Like they dissolved no. before the season ended. That wasn't the um, XFL, was it? It wasn't. Okay. It was a different. It was a different league. Um, but regardless, it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you have to know your place, and you will not take the the, the position of the NFL. You're not even going to take the position of hockey. All right. So so if you know that going in like Major League Soccer has done a really nice job of it, like they know their market. They're not trying to compete with anybody crazy. They're not trying to get on NBC. You know, they, they've got their own little niche market that they are appeasing to. And they've been successful in that regard. Um, I, I For me, the NFL has become such a full time business. It's become a 24, a, 7, a 365 type of model because if you're out of season it's the playoffs then it's the super bowl then it's uh you, you know uh, uh you've got all the 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 senior bowl and then you've got the draft and and then you've got uh, OTAs and, and and then you just roll right back into it so the the way the NFL is it's there is something to talk about constantly and we're going to talk a little bit about the lines we'll do some draft stuff again uh today um, because I, I, outside of maybe a defensive end, uh, who do you want in this draft? And, and we'll, we'll ask Jason, we'll ask Eric 
uh, as well. But I just think that with the way the NFL is, it's really become very difficult for other startup leagues to gain any traction at all because the NFL is king and there's no doubt about that. There's no, it's not a question. And, and because of that model and because of the way they own the calendar, it's very difficult to gain any traction in that, in that market. And so um, if these, if these leagues and these organizations understand that, then, then I, I think they'll be okay. But at the same time, it's going to be really difficult to get this thing off. And, and look, you know, you got the rock now with the rights as the, as the co-owner of the XFL and look, there's nobody more popular on this planet than, than Dwayne Johnson. But at the same time, you're still going to face some of the same issues. You're going to have some of the same uh, hurdles that you got to get over. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch it. We'll update you about what's going on. Um, and, and, uh, next week we'll have some numbers on, on what the, what the, the ratings look like for this, because I think people are going to be interested in first. I think people are going to be interested to see what this looks like at first, checking out the new jerseys and some of the players, maybe guys that you, that, that played for, for your college and you want to see what they're up to now, like Shea Patterson, great example locally. Um, and, and then we'll just kind of see where this thing goes. We'll update you as, as we go on, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, but, but we're not breaking down stats of the USFL, just FYI, <laughs> that ain't happening on this show. <laughs> All right. More to come on sports wrap next. We're going to talk some tigers. I, I want to talk tigers. We're going to talk red wings. I'm going to hold some feet to the fire here. Uh, I'm going to ask some way too early questions of Jason and Eric. We'll do that next. All right. Jason with a good pull here at the break. Uh, it was the AAF, the Alliance of American football that went belly up during the pandemic. They played what? Eight out of 10 weeks, eight out of 10 weeks, uh, April yeah. 2nd, 2019 went bankrupt. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, in the meantime, here's a couple of notes from the NBA. Um, uh, they're going wild at the, at the garden in Boston. Uh, last second layup puts the Celtics over the nets. One fifteen to one fourteen in that, game one, uh, out in Boston. Um, and, and look, uh, I, I, I kind of like the Celtics. I hate those black and green jerseys with a passion, but, but I kind of like that team. Um, and, and I, for the most part detest these and look, I mean, you could say to a certain extent, Boston's built that way too, but these like super teams that, that, that Brooklyn's put together with Kyrie uh, and Kevin Durant and things. I just, I, I can't stand teams like that. So I, I'm uh, Jason Tatum with a, a little helicopter spin finish at the rim gives the Celtics a one Oh lead in that series. In the meantime, uh, sources are saying, according to ESPN, that Luka Doncic will uh, likely miss game two against the jazz. Um, which is, look, I mean, Luca's the guy. So if, if he's not available, um, in Dallas goes down Oh two in that series off the get, that's going to be a tough hill to climb, uh, uh, for the Mavericks, but we'll keep an eye on it. The source is saying Luca out for game two, uh, of that series, uh, which would, which would really, uh, put a damper on, on Dallas's push. Um, all right. Oh, we got, uh, Tigers um, out of action today, rained out uh, in KC, but we got other some other games around Major League Baseball happening now. Uh, Jace, what do we got going on around around uh, Major League Baseball? Well, right now we got the uh, Cubs up six to four in Colorado. That's top of the ninth. 
uh, Colorado up to a six and two start. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers lead the Reds. The Reds are going to have a really hard time scoring runs this year. They yep. trail the Dodgers seven to nothing. Freddie Freeman, a two run single in that one. The uh, Mariners are up on the Astros seven to two. The uh, Orioles beat the Yankees five to nothing. Pittsburgh over Washington five to three. The Red Sox improved five and four. They beat the lowly Minnesota Twins eight to one. Toronto is have six the Twins won a game this year? They're three and six. They yes. are terrible. Yes, they might be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, either them or the Reds. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, the 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 Twins stink. Like, let's just call it what it is. They are terrible. Uh, the uh, the Blue Jays improved to six and four, a four to three win over Oakland. Uh, Miami beats up on Philadelphia. Philadelphia is off to a, a kind of a rough start, mm-hmm. uh, eleven to three in that one. The Mets shut out the Diamondbacks five to nothing. Uh, San Francisco improves to seven and two. They beat the Guardians eight to one, and the Padres home to the Braves for the nightcap. All right. Uh, in the meantime, Willie Peralta. Uh, is being brought back into the fold uh, of this bullpen uh, for for Detroit, and and I gotta say, preseason we were talking about this, and look, we're we're only through a handful of games here, okay? So we got to pump the brakes. Um, and, and as bullish I am on this team, um, I you got to just keep it in perspective a little bit. And so Willie Peralta being brought back in into a bullpen preseason that we thought was going to be. They were going to struggle. We thought they were going to be, look, not bad, but they were going to be one of the, the the lower rungs of the ladder in 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 baseball, but probably in the American League. Um, they've been the fourth best bullpen in the American League through thirty nine and a third innings of work, um, and that's without Willie Peralta. And, and Peralta last year, eighteen starts. Three, uh, uh, just a, a 3.07 ERA over 93 and two thirds inning for, for, for the Tigers last season. Like Willie Peralta was one of the bright spots of that bullpen last year. And so with him joining the fold into a bullpen that has, that has found a nice groove early on, um, that's, a, that's a big development. And, and I, and, and I don't want to you know, get too far into hyperbole here, but, but that is a, that, that can be a really big deal for a couple of reasons. We've seen early on this starting rotation, have some trouble. Casey Mize now on the DL, uh, Rodriguez had, had did not look good opening day. He's since turned it around a little bit, but the, the rotation hasn't been quite as strong as maybe we had anticipated through this point. Uh, over the first uh, couple of of series of the season. So the fact that the the bullpen has kind of picked up some of the slack and the fact that Willie Peralta is coming back into the fold, I think it's a really big deal. So so here is my question. And if you want to answer this, I'd love to have you. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. I, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here, fellas. And, and this is this is this is like vintage... Sports talk radio, you know, hot take action here. All right. As you see this thing now with a lot of baseball left to play, what does your gut tell you about this team? Is this team a playoff team or not? Jason, what do you think? Ooh, as of right now, I'm going to say yes. 
Okay. Cause I Why? think they're, I think they're going to get healthy. Uh, the, 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 I was just looking at the 60 day DL and I forgot Spencer Turnbull. Mm-hmm. He'll be back September 1st. Now it's, he's had a long layoff. I know that. Yep. Uh, but Javier Baez, it's a thumb. He's going to be fine. Uh, the reliever of the lefty they picked up in free agency, uh, Chafin, he's expected only to be out till uh, sometime this week. And I think I think what uh, I think what AJ Hinch proved with this team last year, with a lot of the same moving parts, uh, that he, he they won seventy seven games. They definitely have more talent. The injuries are going to happen here and there. Happens to every team. I still think they will be a playoff team. Dorch, what do you think? What do you got on this? Look, when the Swami Jason tells me that they're a uh, playoff team, I can't argue with them. I, if nothing else, I think they're going to be very entertaining to watch. I agree. If they can get healthy, yeah. they can definitely make a case for a playoff team. Uh, they've got some nice talent on this team, so I'll say yes. I'll go with it. I'm, I'm going to say yes too, and 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 I think even more so outside of the the, the pitching, I think defensively they have improved. Uh, more than I even thought at, at this point in the season. And with a, with a, with a delayed spring training, with a shortened spring training, I think that has contributed to a little bit of the injury so far this year that we're seeing, but injuries happen. It's something that you have to deal with. That's why you got to be deep in any sport, but particularly in baseball, because it's such a grind and no, they're not going out there and, in, 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 you know, trench work, like in the NFL, but it's a grind. It's a it's a it's an everyday thing for 162 games. It just wears and wears and wears on you. So the injuries are going to happen. Uh, I think Jamer Candelario at third base over the last couple of days has looked really nice. I mean, we we talked about Javi Baez yesterday, and and kind of for for those like me who were maybe disappointed that a guy like Carlos Correa wasn't brought in instead of Javi Baez. Um, I think that those people like me, we need to take a step back and we need to recognize what he's bringing to the table, not only on the field, not only defensively, not only at the plate, but in the clubhouse too. It's a huge piece of it. And with guys like Miggy saying, we're going to follow Javi, whatever he's going to do, we're, we're doing the same thing. It's a swagger. It's a leader. It's a big deal. And so, um, so for guys like me looking at Javi bias now, uh, you got to kind of eat your words a little bit. I'm okay with that. Um, and, and then I think that the, the addition of Spencer Torkelson is adding a different layer. Uh, Riley Green, when he gets back, look, Riley Green is a major league baseball player. He ain't supposed to be down in the minors, okay? That's how good this guy is, and, and you saw it during spring training. And, and when he gets back into the fold, he'll be a whole new element here that this team doesn't have. So for me, look, I look at this team as a playoff team. I do. I just do. And and I'm not saying they're gonna they're, they're gonna lead the AL or or anything like that, but I look at how this team is built. I look at some of the injuries, and they're not they're not long term injuries. JC talked about Javi's uh, thumb uh, or or um, uh, Casey Mize just on the 15 day at DL. These aren't supposed to be long term things. So you can still find that groove. You can still get on those rolls. And remember, coming out of last year. That team was the hottest team in baseball post All Star break, mm-hmm. and this team they, is way more talented. They than started they nine and twenty four last year and still won seventy seven games. Yes, 
So and I, I forgot about that start last year until they talked about it yesterday. And and, and then again, I, I I continue to point to the fact and the job that A.J. Hinch is doing. Look, I think A.J. Hinch is a top three manager in baseball. Um, and, and you really can't uh, uh, sway me otherwise. And so with that, in addition to some extra talent, I think you just you, you – you progressively get better. And I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, throughout uh, this season, certainly. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break. Coming up on the other side, we're going to do some 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 Red Wing stuff because once again, getting the doors blown off of them. Um, it, it, look, Dylan Larkin is fed up. We'll let you know what he said. We're going to do some, some NFL draft stuff outside of maybe Thibodeau. Aiden Hutchinson, who is your guy? Who do you want to see this team draft? And I don't want to hear the trade down. We're not doing any of that. Who do you want to see this team draft? We'll do that next as Sports Wrap continues this evening here on WJR. All right, so the Wings get blasted today, 6-1 to one by the Panthers. Uh, second blowout in two days. And... And and now we're starting to see, and, and look, I think Dylan Larkin has been a pretty open guy. I think he's he doesn't really sugarcoat anything. I, I don't know that he has been as vocal about some of the struggles that these this team has had uh, late in the season as as I think that we know he probably feels. Um, but today he said when asked about these losses the disappointment as the captain of this team. Um, he said, yeah, I take it personally. This is, it's brutal. And says he's been here for all six years that the team has missed the playoffs. It's no fun packing your bag at the end of the year, going to play in the worlds or whatever. It just isn't. You want to play playoff hockey. And we've got guys in here that haven't been through this, but you got to remember you got to take it in, put it on yourself, have a great next year, and make sure this doesn't happen again. It can't happen much longer. And and I think that 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 sentiment of it can't happen much longer, I think it's kind of how it it's kind of how we feel as fans. It's like, guys, uh, what are we doing here? It 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 feels for every maybe step we're taking forward, we're taking two steps back. This team has talent on it. There's no reason we should be getting blown out six to one. There's no reason we should be be losing by these margins the way that we have been. And so it's one of those moments where I think it was a really candid couple of com- uh, comments by Dylan Larkin. Um, Jace, I know you're, uh, uh, or Eric, I know you're a big hockey guy. Uh, t- to me, the frustration is this is happening way too frequently. Mm-hmm. it's way too frequently the guys that we were relying on to score goals early in the season just aren't anymore and the and the the the, the pretty good goaltending we were getting early it's not happening anymore either so the, the frustration it's i mean you can feel it you can feel there there's no doubt you can feel it down at at the lca Absolutely. I mean, if you went and got a cup of coffee today, you you missed two goals by right. uh, Florida in a matter of a minute. And it is that. This, this defense has a lot of holes still. They're still trying to figure it out. The goaltending, they're worn out because they're, you know, having to stop twice as many pucks as anyone else. Like you yep. said, the goal scoring early on in the year, we're just not getting at this point. This team is it's demoralized and it's worn down and it's it's 
a lot of things. There's there's they're gonna have to do quite a bit over this offseason to kind of retool it. But this team is just they're like I said, they're just demoralized. They don't have the gas that these playoff teams do because they know there's there's not a lot left to do. And, and and look, for for as good of a hockey coach as I think Jeff Blaschel is, and I do, I think Jeff Blaschel is a good coach. Um, it just feels like this this thing's over. Like, mm-hmm. like this run is over. And and I don't know that it's necessarily on him because you know, much like the Tigers, Jeff Blaschel's been asked to 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 maneuver through some really lean, tough years. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's not necessarily his fault. But that's just the, the the that was the status of the organization. And so when you're going through that rebuild in a town that has become so used to winning, or I guess had become, I don't know that we're used to it anymore with this team, but that had had become so accustomed to to winning, to playing in the playoffs, to playing in meaningful games. Um, it just it, it, it's so deflating to feel like we are making progress. The team is more talented. Um, I, I actually like Dylan Larkin as a leader. I think he brings the right stuff, but at the same time, it, it's just it, the, 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 what we're hearing or what we're maybe seeing behind the scenes, it just isn't translating into the ice. And so for a guy like Jeff Blaschel, I just think, you know, it, it, it might just be time to move on. And I believe Jeff Blaschel's a good hockey coach. It just, it, for whatever reason, it just isn't working anymore. And, and that's a decision that this team's going to have to make. Um, in the off season. In the meantime, I, I want to bring this up too because, look, we got the draft coming up. What in a couple of days? Mm-hmm. And as we get closer, everybody's mock drafts are are changing. It's everybody thinks, oh well, the 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 Lions are going to take Aiden Hutchinson because. Um, uh, because Jacksonville's going to want to go Evan Neal to 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 protect uh, their young quarterback there. Or now Aiden Hutchinson's going number one. So who do the, the Lions take? Do they take, take Kayvon Thibodeau? Do they take uh, somebody like Trayvon Walker? Who who are they taking? So here's my question to you. You want to get involved, 800-859-0957. Outside of a defensive end, because I think that's that's the the biggest need for this team is defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um Outside of the end position, mind you, Detroit picking at number two. What kind of players go number two? You've got offensive tackles, you've got defensive ends, and you've got quarterbacks. Those are the those are really the three premier spots, uh, positions that you take with that type of pick. As you go down into the into the the six, seven, eight, and then further beyond, you start getting into to to interior offensive linemen. Or, or defensive tackles, or nose tackles, or receivers, or safeties, or corners. So, so it, it does change even a few picks later. But with those premium positions inside the top three, you're generally targeting a quarterback, a defensive end, or or an offensive tackle. We don't need an offensive tackle here. So that's off the board. Evan Neal ain't coming to Detroit. Um, outside of defensive end, who do you want this team to draft? Jace, I want to start with you. Who's your guy outside of those positions that you'd like to see this team bring in? I really don't know. I I, I know people have talked quarterback, Malik Willis, and I still say, you know, stick with Jared Goff next year, build the team from the inside out, and then, you know, how many games is this team going to win? They won, what, three, 
three last year, you know, they're going to probably have a, a, a pick next year. That's pretty high. So you look at the quarterbacks next year. I, I don't see any, I, I, you put a good price on a good defensive end on somebody that can get to the quarterback. And these guys right now in the league are getting paid. I think, and I know I'm not answering your question right. I'm sorry, but I still think they've got to go. With one of the Jason's two. got his tap dance shoes on. He's just, <laughs> he's dancing around this. Uh, okay. So you're, you're, it's to, for you, it's defensive end or bust. Oh yeah. Cause I, I, you know, I think they have a good offensive line. Golf can do his thing. And, and then next year you think quarterback and right now you, you, you get, you get the pass rusher, man. You get somebody that can get to the quarterback. Very valuable, very valuable. Uh, Eric Dortch, welcome into the party. Who do you, yeah. who, who outside of quarterback defensive end or offensive tackle, do you want this team to draft at number two this year? I mean, uh, I think the obvious answer has to be the person that's probably most mock draft to the team other than defensive end. And that's probably Kyle Hamilton, uh, safety okay. because this, th- no matter what that, that second overall pick it's on the defensive side. Like, like you, uh, like Jason said, Jared Goff's okay. There's no quarterback in this draft that I think is number two overall, ready to go day one. And I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see it. I don't see any of them doing it. Uh, I think it's defensive end as well, but if I have to go outside of that, it, it, it's safety. You want to help this defense in any way possible, and he appears to be the best player available that isn't putting his hand in the dirt on every single play. So I'd agree with you. For me, Kyle Hamilton's the guy. And, and, and again – Remember, um, even with going back to Jeff Okuda, drafting Okuda where they did, I didn't feel like there was a value pick there. I don't feel that I don't value corners at that pick. I don't think you'll ever be able to get the type of value that that corner will be able to provide you unless he's Richard Sherman in his prime <laughs> that that you're going to be able to 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 kind of glean from that pick. And so for me, it's very difficult to look past those three positions in that spot and say, well, I want this guy. But if, 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 if I had to pick for me, it would be Kyle Hamilton. And, Mm -hmm. and for, for one reason, I think that, look, you got the Okoras on the outside on this team that I think they're serviceable. I think there's still a little room for them to get better. Um, I, I'm not willing right away to give up on the interior defensive lineman that this team uh, drafted last year. I think there's still some some growth that they'll be able to to see from that position as well. So for me, um, Kyle Hamilton, you put him back there uh, with Tracy Walker, and I I kind of like that. To me, you're you're, you're kind of shoring up the back end. I think the the, the young corners that we've seen. Uh, the, the the play from the the young corners on this team have been really good. Um, so, so, you know, somebody like sauce Gardner is off the table for me too. Like I was just, just going to ask completely about sauce off the table. Nope. I, I don't want any part of it. Um, and, and so look, and, and I'm not saying he's a bad core. I think he's going to be, he's going to be just fine, but I don't, I don't find the value there, especially with Okuda coming back. So, and look, you could certainly look at somebody like Garrett Wilson, right. Uh, out of Ohio state. Um, who, who I think is going to be a, a really nice receiver in this league. Um, but again, I'm, I'm kind of with, with Jason. I don't think this team's ready to, to take a quarterback at least that high. And, and for me, I'm kind of like a top of the, of the draft quarterback drafter outside of that. I'm not really interested. Um, so for me, Malik Willis is probably the guy, uh, who will be the first quarterback off the board. 
Um, and, and then um, Kenny Pickett, and then maybe later on Desmond Ritter. I've seen some mocks where the Lions uh, snag up the the signal caller from from Cincy. But for me, I think Sauce Gardner makes the most sense outside of those three positions at number two because you can pair him with Tracy Walker. You really shore up that back end of of the secondary, and I kind of like it. And I, I he's a thumper. Um, so for me, that would be the guy. But 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 the way that this draft is shaking out, I, I just don't love it. And again, I, I told you before the break, I didn't want to talk about trading because my, in my ideal scenario, we're trading down. We're tra- trading down. Because I want to acquire the draft capital. I think it makes the most sense for this team that is building. And and mind you, somebody in, in Brad Holmes, who I actually have a lot of faith in at this point, I think he's drafted relatively well. Um, I think he can identify talent. And last year was a weird year, again, because of COVID. So I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of bullish on the front office, which is weird to say for this team, but I am. And, and again, for me, it would, it would be Kyle Hamilton because of the size, because of the speed, because he's a thumper. So if this team doesn't take a defensive end, um, which I don't think is possible, I think Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau are coming to Detroit. Um, but with all that being said, if, 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 for, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, holding a squirk under my head, I'm taking, I'm taking Kyle Hamilton outside of those three positions. Now, Chris, though, real quick, you said you don't want to, you know, we're not going to do trade and all that, but I, we don't have to get into details of a trade. But if they trade outside the top five, does that just open up almost every position for yes. them to look at in this draft? Yes. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I mean, look, if if you if you trade down, I mean, look, we, 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 we kind of broke down that uh, New Orleans-Philly trade uh, a, a couple of weeks ago and, and the potential impacts of that because – Look, New Orleans needs a quarterback. Uh, most of the mocks I've seen have have seen the Saints taking Malik Willis out of Liberty. If they feel like perhaps somebody like Detroit is really in the market for a quarterback or if they're head over heels for Malik Willis, then maybe they move up. I, I don't see, you know, of some of these uh, teams that are in the top five, top 10. I just don't know that they're really moving up, especially with the, t- the, the, the teams that are in front of new Orleans. Um, you know, Seattle probably needs a quarterback. Um, Atlanta needs a quarterback. Um, and the Steelers, oh, the heck, Steelers. well, the Steelers are, they're, they're picking at, um, 20. So everybody in front of New Orleans, um, and then and then obviously uh, the Panthers need a quarterback as well. So yeah, yeah I, I look, I I I think if you trade down at that point, everything's open to you. You want to take Garrett Wilson uh, if if you landed in the top ten still, I got no problem with that. Um, uh, but yes, as you trade down you become less married to certain positions. And I think that opens up the board for this team, whether or not they'll make the trade remains to be seen. Uh, we got spin on golf covering your way at seven o'clock. We'll talk to the fellas next here on sports Wrap. So Jordan Spieth wins the RBC uh, in a playoff against Patrick Cantlay. And uh, Sean, those two bunker shots uh, at the 18 for the playoff hole was why look, I, I don't, if if I need to take somebody out of a bunker, I'm taking Jordan Spieth out of a bunker. His bunker play is off the charts. Um, he put it within what the uh, inch and a half. 
that yep. fair? Yep. Um, and then Patrick Cantlay had a terrible lie in the bunker. I mean, it was about as plugged as it could be. And uh, he chipped out and it chipped to, I don't know, 25, 30 feet. And, and he wasn't able to put it in to extend the playoff. So Spieth wins after having a rough couple of days this week. Um, and our guy, James Pyatt, finished uh, plus four. He missed the cut. Um, but but a guy I know that you had on last week, uh, Postmasters, um, and he was talking about living the <laughs> the PGA pro-life where he was he was driving to Hilton Head and living in his car and, and <laughs> doing the whole thing that these young guys do. Um, but it just I continue to, to be really proud of the way he plays. And just a great kid out of Michigan State. Got a huge future ahead of him. Uh, he's been a fun watch, though. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, Chris, like, honestly, when you talk to the kid, oh. he just gets it. You yeah. you met him as well. Yep. You were out at, at Fox Hills last year, and uh, he just gets it. And, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, I was watching the first day, and after he shot an even, I'm going, okay, yep. maybe he makes this cut. But, uh, you know, he said it himself, Chris, that, you know, there are so many – uh, learning lessons, you know, that, that he's going to pick up along the way, invaluable stuff. And, you know, again, a couple of guys that know him real well in, in Jordan Young and BC will be able to speak uh, volumes about that mm-hmm. uh, coming up in just a few short minutes on Spin on Golf. Uh, we were talking about the lines a little. Well, I'll tell you what we we were doing the, the USFL stuff. Did you see any of that? Are you are you are can we can we break down uh some of the 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 guys on these rosters? What do we what did you think of the USFL? You know, Chris, I'm old enough to remember the first USFL, and and part of the allure of the first USFL was that they grabbed some you know studs from college. I mean, they they went and poached some guys and paid them and everything. Obviously, you're not seeing that here, but what you are seeing is, you know, you're you're seeing a lot of guys that we're familiar with. And mm-hmm. I, I should say guys like you and I, because I know you, my friend, you're just as big as a college football fan as I am. I love college football. So, yes. I mean, that was pretty cool to see so many of those guys. Am I going to watch again? Sure. Am I going to watch if there's Stanley Cup playoffs on? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, it'll be one of those things, you know, I, I might I might tune in now and again. You know, it, it just, point blank, Chris, it, it doesn't grab me all that much. No, I agree. I, I agree. But I will say that these new leagues that want to start up, I mean, they have to know their place. Yep. Right, like, like you have to know that you will not be the NFL. You're not. You you won't even. You can't even stand in the same room as the NFL. So, with that being said, if you know your place, if you know that this is like a, this is like a side thing, and you can do some wacky things with, you know, three points, uh, extra points a, a, after scoring a touchdown, and um, if you know that, and your fans know it, like I, I point to Major League Soccer, like they don't have a huge following, but they've created a little market for themselves. Yep. And, and I think that that's where a lot of these leagues have to live. You're not going to be able to compete with the NFL. And so if they understand that, I think that there's a, there's a small chance that they can be successful. Um, in the meantime, we were talking about the lions and in just a few days away from the draft um, outside of being mindful that the lions are at number two, taking trade downs out of the scenario. If you take away the defensive end position, the quarterback position, or the offensive tackle position, those are the three premium positions that you target in the top three. Outside of those positions, who would you like to see the Lions take? 
Well, that's a great question because, Chris, I'm a firm believer. Um, yeah, I've heard so many people cry, oh, I can't believe this is the year they get the Rams' number one pick. Oh, yeah. They have three of the th- first 34. Yeah. You can change the trajectory of your franchise this draft. You re- And I, I, I cannot believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but you can. You can, you can do that. I mean – Chris, obviously, I mean, they've got to address the linebacking position. That's that's yep. one thing. Uh, you, you talked about DN. That's another thing. I, I would love it if they added a, a stud in waiting because they've got a couple pieces there. I mean, what what can't you like about uh, St. Brown? I mean, you know, yeah. but is he, a, is he a one? No. I think that's a guy that could be even more effective if if you get that type yes. of stud. So there. All those things are, are 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 doable too. I mean, and that's what's got me excited, Chris. Honestly, I think outside of those positions, somebody that that I kind of targeted as a as a real viable uh, player for this team would be would be Kyle Hamilton out of out of uh, Notre Dame. I think sure. you pair him with Tracy Walker on that back end. Big size, big speed. He's a thumper. Um, I, I think that would be a nice addition to this team, but, but I don't think that, that this team is getting away from a defensive end. I just don't, Neither I do think, I. I, I, you know, now we've seen Aiden Hutchinson mocked at number one, uh, overall to, to Jacksonville. And, and I, I think this team will be just fine taking Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I just think again, the way that he plays football from that defensive end position, I think that would be a real game changer for this team. No, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it just makes everything better when that guy's putting pressure. I mean, we saw what Indomitian Sue did, and it, oh. it didn't even translate in, in his numbers necessarily as he was into it. It was what other people got. I mean, think Cliff Averill. So, sure. I, I mean, that, to me, that's it. it, it but again, I, I can't help but look at this in, yep. as, in threes, Chris. Like, honestly, I mean, and that's what's got me excited for this particular draft is what are they going to do with three of the top 34? That's what's intriguing to me. Spin on golf coming your way next. Real quick, what do you guys got on the docket? Well, obviously, we're going to talk about the RBC and certainly James Pyatt. It's going to be nice to have Mike Faye in. Mike Faye's oh. always got his eye on the LPGA as well. So we'll we'll check in with the ladies. And uh, lots of fun. I've heard a rumor that Punk of the Week is back, too. Love it. Uh, so we might we might have a Punk of the Week this week. My favorite part of Sunday night. Spin on golf coming your way next. That's Sports Rep tonight. Have a good week.